Alrighty, back on the microphone. My voice is a little hoarse. I need like a Jamba juice or something. Hey, it's a cold open, and we're just gonna say hi, hello, let's start the show. Welcome to a podcast of Jordan Haas, the only podcast in the world that's willing to admit they stopped watching House of the Dragon months ago. Also, that Amazon Prime Lord of the Rings thing, I forgot the name of it, Rings of the Dragon, I think. And also, I kind of stopped watching Andor. I spent most of the time watching reality shows that are pure garbage. But I'm willing to admit that to you guys because you come here for the show for that kind of honest truth. Welcome to a podcast, Jordan Haas. I'm Jordan Haas. Uh, it's going to be an interesting episode today uh, in the in the free version. A review of Jackbox Party Pack Nine, the new Party Pack, and then later in the uh, paid section, if you go to Patreon.com/slash/JordanHaas, we'll be looking at Gotham Knights, at least for, for what I can feel about it, um, and a very long <laughs> news segment that I think ruined my voice. It's cold, and my like, voice is like, ah, uh, afterwards. And also, uh, I think we talk about the mole and Taskmaster and all that good stuff. That's usually where we spend all the paid segments. This is just th the best part of the show. This is the rambly part. I don't have anything really prepared to really talk about right now. This is just rambling. This is the, the show I love. This is the, the free version. This is the one that's transmitted everywhere and they're like hey what the fuck is jordan doing this week so <clears throat> um first of all uh i am i i played gotham knights a bit i'm gonna review a bit uh i i i wanted to uh quickly uh not steal anything from other people it seems that gotham knights is weird <laughs> like the consensus online is it's good and then it's bad and it's good and it's bad there's, it's the most mixed messaged video game I have seen on the internet so far this year. Also, I should really be playing Vampire uh, Survivors, I, I'm hearing about. I, I haven't played Vampire Survivors yet, so I don't know if it's a good game or not. But hey, if you guys like it, let me know. I, I can't wait. Uh, but this week is Jackbox Party Pack 9. I had a fun time with my friends playing the game. Uh, I also tried to get into other people's Twitch streams playing the game. I've, I'm going to be honest because I, I, I like to talk about honest, uh, parts about this. Um, <clears throat> I was saving it for this part of the, for a while. I love the Jackbox party packs. It's my favorite game franchise because it's trivia and it's funny and silly. And I, I think it's all these things that I kind of think i'm okay at like there's not really a lot of games out there that reward being a smart ass essentially and i find it really tough to play those games or i mean like in the last couple of years definitely getting back into it because of the pandemic because everything was zoom call but it's like it's the best way to describe it is i like when personal responsibilities get in the way, it's hard to kind of like when you're trying to get Dungeons and Dragons meetup going, it's hard to get a group together to play Jackbox party pack games. And when you're the guy who owns every Jackbox and you want to create that, it's hard to get a date in time because you're dealing with, you know, my mom's health or you're dealing with your own personal responsibilities and, and, you know, we all deal with, like, bills and stuff. Um, but it, it's one of those cases of it's hard to get people to play a party pack sometimes. And that's why for a good chunk of this review, 
I was in other people's Twitch streams playing them, and I and some of these are total strangers. I will admit, I just went Jackbox Party back and just I'll play it. I don't know these people and just subtly play with them and try and make friends. And it's very awkward and in many ways embarrassing to admit that. I don't have friends to play the Jackbox party packs with. Obviously I do. <laughs> I just, I, but it, that's what the feeling is. I can't get a party going because of my own personal life that that's the case. And again, a good chunk of the Jackbox Party Pack is relying on the audience features. And not everybody's a successful Twitch streamer. And a lot of the big Twitch streamers already block it off and hire their friends to play the Jackbox games, which I guess is a great feature, because that's kind of what you want to have happen. But it, you don't really get a sense of enjoyment you, it essentially, it feels like unless you are a big time Twitch streamer, unless you are one of these people who can get 100 viewers or 1,000 viewers or 10,000 viewers, you do not matter in the world of Jackbox. And, those, and that really does annoy me because I don't think that's the case. I think they really want to create games that can be best played in an intimate setting or in a maximum audience auditorium setting and they're trying to find that juggle and that's been the always the case with jackbox since i think party pack three and when you're a longtime fan of the games it's hard to just get excited about a new party pack game when you realize well if you were to play this party pack the best you can do is maybe six people and they're really encouraging getting 8 or 16 or a 10,000 audience when you're not that popular. Maybe Jackbox is meant for the popular kids and I'm just an awkward nerd. But that's how it feels. And, it, and that to me has always been a problem area with Jackbox titles. Never mind the, like, a lot of the dime a dozen. It's the improv game. This is the drawing game. You're going to do something and someone else is going to do the other thing and then you vote. Like, that's... It's 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 the same old, same old. And I kind of want difference. I want more fun variety. And spoiler, I got it with this party packet. It's a lot of fun. But at the same time, I tried to not let what I did with Twitch and what I have done with my friends really influence that decision. Because I honestly think Jackbox games will continue to have that problem. It's going to be the really fun thing to play with friends. And absolutely, it's the one of the greatest things to play with friends. I love it more than Cards Against Humanity. But unless you have friends and you can get people together, there's no real need to buy them. And it's awkward going to a stranger's Twitch stream and just because they're playing it wanting to jump in I, I i tried to make sure it was a lower number like a four or five view people people who were waiting in the lobby for a few hours but many times and this is something i something i actually saw is i don't know their name but they got the party pack they loaded up fibbage and they were the only one in the lobby and then I joined, but they didn't know who I was, and we just waited for 20 minutes, and no one showed up, and they said, yeah, we're just gonna just stop, and he just quit the game and went back to, I believe he was playing... Not Elden Ring. It was one of those. It was another one of those castly adventure things. I think it was maybe Crusader Kings or Ever. It doesn't matter, but it was really heartbreaking because it was like a, oh, this guy really tried to get an audience and didn't get it, and I was the only one, and that's that's sad. So it it, it happens a lot, and I, that kind of made me a little sad. Um, but that being said, Jackbox is fun. I, you, you know what you're going to get. Uh, additionally, 
uh, this week, I, I wanted to keep talking about uh, some of my favorite uh, things going on. So, um, <clears throat> as many of you know, I've been watching a lot of reality shows, um, The Mole Ended and all that. But uh, The Traitors is on in Australia, and I love that show. It's this weird, like, Among Us kind of thing, but instead of venting and murders, it's all like they vote for who they want to kill at night, and then there's, like, a tribal council to vote out a traitor. So there's two eliminations each episode. It's a brilliant show, and I love the host that they have. I don't know the guy's name right off the top of my head, but it's like the most like this guy's horny for murder. That's the best way to describe it. Like he's just like seducing the camera like he's about to sell you some like like some some romance novels at the supermarket. But it's with like, do you love traitors? Do you love betrayal? Do you want goodies and baddies? Like it's just mwah, beautiful. I love it. Um and it's been a lot of uh, fun watching that show. That's been my distraction for the week uh, because, obviously, the G4 news that took by. Now, we are about one week removed from the G4 news, so everyone's coming up with their stink pieces about why it happened. Um, I'm still a little pissed off. They fired people through the means of a deadline article. Uh, I saw videos this week of people like Gina Darling crying at the Attack of the Show studio, and they're just like, they're feeling their hopes and dreams crashed and burned, and people celebrating it, or blame Frost, and, and they're just like, I can't believe there are people in this world with no shed of humanity left in their bones. Like, these are people who have been really fucked up in the head, and I don't know why they would think that at all. People just lost their li like their livelihoods are gone. Well, that's because of fr no. Who gives a shit if it, who it is? It's they lost their job. That's the period in the story. It it just is. You should be hurt because I'm hurt. That's what all it always feels like to these people. You deserve to be in pain because I'm in pain. Because me, the straight white guy, is in is the real victim of all this. I guess. <laughs> But no, really, like, it's it's been a real shit show. Um, but luckily, uh, Kevin Pereira, uh, he has a Cream Team stream, which is like, the I guess, the reboot of Vibe Check. He has a Patreon now. And Fiona Nova and Casey Blackwell, or Case Blackwell, uh, has a new show. That's similar to the feedback, the G4, but not the feedback. It's called Backfeed. Totally different new show um, that I kind of liked watching because it reminds me a lot of Jack AM. I, I really loved watching Jack AM with Jack Allison uh, talking about the news. And that's what it reminds me of. So I'm happy that that's still a, relatively a thing because uh, comedians talking about the news and just telling jokes is always great. And trailers, always fun. Um, so that, so that's the, the big, okay side of things. Uh, Gamer Tag Radio, shout outs to Gamer Tag Radio, one of the earliest gaming podcasts. I have been a subscriber when, way back when I had an iPod, like in high school, like 2004, 2005, like, oh God, it's, that's one of the biggest influencers in my life. Uh, cause, uh, Danny Pena, um, Shout out to Danny. Uh, he brought on some of the producers of X Play onto Gamertag, and they just did like a wake talking about the what how they came to go to work at X Play, their thoughts about X Play, what happened at X Play. So they got Emily and Jake and others. Uh, it, it was one of the better podcast episodes. So I also suggest people tune into that. Um, I tried to spend a good chunk of my week because G4 has been a big part of my life for two years, listening to other people's thoughts. So I was listening to Nextlander. I was listening to Jeff Gersman, kind of funny, and all these other gaming podcasts that I, I know of these people. I've spoken to these people and their thoughts about the G4 thing, because I know where they're coming from is not going to be the same as the angry YouTube reactionary conservative dude 
who's pissed off about the Care Bears telling people it's okay to cry or something. Um, <clears throat> they're upset about fucking Little Mermaids. <laughs> like, that's how stupid this is. Um, so, the, the like, a lot of these people are sad. They're upset, and they're like, this is fucked up how they got laid off. Uh, and then they were just talking about, like, well, I didn't know G4 was a TV channel. I thought it was a YouTube thing. I thought it was a Twitch thing. They really should have sold this better. They weren't making any money. They spent this money on this studio space, and people laid off, and this happened, and that happened. They were giving all sorts of, like, ideas. And it sounded not out of, like, spite of G4. It was coming out of, I had been through this before, and let me tell you, when things like this happen, it's really sad and makes people angry and upset and you wish them the best. Uh, so for me, it, it was great. And then others were like, why is there a need for a G4? Cause all they're thinking is the old titty girl showing games, which I'm guessing that's going to be the new thing is just get a woman a bikini to show games. I, I I think that should that see that seems like a comedy bit to me. Is you just get a girl in a bikini and you hold up like a copy of like Hydro Thunder for Dreamcast and then you just toss it like who gives a shit? And then they're like they like you get Amaranth into like the little ball pit or the little foam pit and it's like she just what's in the ball pit Amaranth and then she pulls out and it's like oh wow I can't believe it it's Shenmue yeah. What else, Amaranth? Well, boy, it's Captain Toe Treasure Tracker for Switch. Guys, holy shit. Like, that's that seems like a fucking skit to me <laughs> for what people think G4 was. Um, so it, it, it becomes this big debate about gaming content and gaming journalism and all that. Uh, and I'm one to dispute that I think gaming opinion makers... I would say there's journalism, then there's pundits, and then there is, of course, content creators who will try and be fencing as much as possible because they get all the goodies that way. Um, I'm I'm lean usually towards editorial, and uh, why does it matter? Usually, my direction when it came to game coverage is games I was interested in and why I was interested in them. So it's a bit of a punditry, but also why am I excited about Devil May Cry? Or why was I excited about uh, a collection of Sonic games? Like, a collection games are always my faves. And arcade games, as we explained earlier. Um, so seeing that it doesn't matter anymore, <laughs> uh, game collect like... There is this big side of things where games are meant to be destroyed and we've got to do the content creation because Zinger Video Game Nerd basically shits on every video game. So we have to do this. But there's another side, which is the real James Rolfe and the content creators are like, we should preserve games and we should keep them for historical purposes and archive them uh, and get, get a museum going. Get like Because these are cultural artifacts. This should be as seen in the same vein as movies and TV shows, because essentially we are losing a lot of archive. And they're a grand piece of not just popular culture, but media in general. So <clears throat> that's been kind of a big talking point, is the uh, content creator versus the internet, I guess, writer. There's, there's no writing really much anymore, because anyone who writes has to be a Twitch, like a Twitter writer. There's no money unless you, maybe you're doing Substack or Patreon work. There's nothing for a writer these day and age. You're writing for somebody and you already pre-wrote like 3,000 articles and 4,000 words each. Um, and they're already very loose. Hey, this game came out. It's by IDOS and this and this and this. Like that's all you can really write. Because your your focus is now on how do you get people to the .com to click on the affiliate links, to get, click on the ad-supported links, while clicking on the pop-up. It's it's all annoying, honestly. And I just, to me, this is a weird world we're living in when it comes to content creation in general. Um, I, I'm at the point where it's like, I don't really know my place in this whole internet world we speak of. 
because uh, I'm in my 30s. I'm not like a TikTok high schooler anymore. Anyone who's in their 20s is trying to do their YouTube thing or they're trying to do a SoundCloud thing um, or they're on Instacart or SoundCloud. Instacart? <laughs> Instagram. <laughs> no, yeah, they're on Instacart. They're they're really excited about uh, picking up groceries at the, at the store. <laughs> Just can't get enough. You see those viral videos? Oh, what's in my basket? Oh, man, it's sour cream and onion lays. Fuck yeah. What's in your basket? It's some celery sticks. Fuck yeah. What's in your basket? It's some cat food and a magazine. Fuck yeah. (laughs) You know, it's the cart. (laughs) Not sponsored, obviously. Use promo code at checkout. <laughs> this is my life. Uh, so, yeah, it, it's been a weird um, direction, as it were. Uh, so, uh, yeah, gaming's very, very strange. I was trying to do the, the news of the week, and it's all been Bayonetta. That has been the big news story of the week for the paywall news segment. And I think I say that in the, in the uh, starting of it. I'll even say it in the free version. It's a very sensitive issue because it deals with voiceover performances in gaming and anime. And, uh, you know, a lot of anime voice actors aren't really paid that well. And voice actors in gaming also not really paid that well. But certain contingencies happen and other things occur. That it's very, very weird when we look at it. Like, what's going on in the world of gaming? Um, So... I mean, the Bayonetta fan is probably pissed right now, and I don't blame him. And for anyone else, it's the, well, I never knew about this to begin with, and they're trying to process this. So welcome to the exciting world of video games, folks. It's a weird business. Uh, So that's that's kind of been it, essentially, when it comes to uh, G4... Uh, my wormholes of, of listening to podcasts about G4 and uh, just trying to figure out like what's up in gaming these days. Um, I, I mean, the kind of funny has the cool new set. I, I mean, I, I think that it's one of the coolest sets out there. It, um, I did not know it, it, it went from Greg, Greg Miller with microphones in like some like makeshift flats studio that looks like generic, like. The last thing it reminded me of was what was his show, Up at Noon. I used to watch Up at Noon with with, uh, Greg Miller all the time. And it kind of reminds me a bit of that set. But I I don't really want to say that because obviously there's a lot more video monitors and it's cooler because technology has evolved since then. But that's what it reminds me of. Um, And I can't wait to see all the cool content that comes out of that set. Because it seems like it's a very uh, great black box kind of thing that anything can happen. That's what I love. It's like you can do almost anything in that. It's great. Uh, Next is... So, the next thing I wanted to talk about is uh, essentially what I've been up to. Uh, So, uh, I recently bought a whole tray of candy. (laughs) Uh, So, I I got some uh, Cadbury Heroes... And I got some celebrations. I got a small box of quality streets because the holidays are coming around Britain. You hear this this uh, Prime Minister Truss left? Who's going to be the new Prime Minister? Uh, most likely it's going to be uh, one of these other conservatives that no one's ever heard of and they're going to fucking do a shit job. But, man, imagine there was a, like, an election and then the Labour won and then you got that Keir Stormer guy, and then Keir's the new prime minister, and then he's like, well, shit's fuck. I'm out. Bye. What a great government that would be. <laughs> um, so that's that's what I have been uh, thinking about. <laughs> it's just like all the chocolate. I've been getting into a real, like, uh, I used to say British chocolate mood. Because I'm not, I even though I watch a lot of British shows, I like I watch Taskmaster and Great British Bake Off, uh, it's 100 years of BBC, and I love that in a historical standpoint. I just want to keep reminding people, because I think it's going to be a big joke. I'm not an Anglophile, is that the term? 
the guy who thinks Britain is great because everything British is great and I'm from America and Doctor Who and, and Sherlock and all that shit. No. I, I mean, I like game shows from Britain. I watch a lot of classic British game shows and a, lot, a few British TV shows here and there. And uh, I was really into Danger Mouse for a while there. Um, but it, it, it's not necessarily the news. No, it's not necessarily... Uh, it's mostly just the panel shows and game shows. Like Mock the Week ended. I wanted to watch Mock the Week. So I got my little tin of candy. I wanted to watch a bit of a British television to celebrate 100 years. So I got uh, the two that I thought would make most sense, which is Celebrations, because those are the better Snickers. Tr trust me on this, folks. I don't like Snickers here in America. I don't know why. But the celebration size Snickers that they put in those little wrappers, and it's probably bad for the environment, but those little wrappers are probably the best Snickers I've ever had. And I, I, I can't, I like, I, I, I guess in classic American fashion, unwrap like three of them and then shove them in my mouth. That's how much I like them. Um, also have a dentist appointment this week, so this is great to put on a podcast in case my dentist is listening. Great. Uh, I've been brushing and flossing. I'm lying right now. I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, that's, I mean, getting some, some can candy and just tuning into some British, uh, television started 100 years of the BBC. That's it. Just a hundred years of the BBC. Cause Hey, I think it's a monumentous occasion, a hundred years of a channel that requires a license fee and you lie about having a license fee. I'm openly saying that on a podcast. It's a comedy podcast. This is a joke. Uh, do not come after me, British royal government. Anyway, uh, so... I was wondering uh, about other things I've been watching is uh, so I finished up my binge of like the late shift and all that late night talk shows. I'm still committed to the new bit Jordan for Jimmy Kimmel Live. I want to be the new 1130 ABC talk show host. Why isn't it about time another straight white guy? <laughs> I know I'm bi, but is it time for another white guy to just get his own late night show? Finally. Um, no, it, it's, it's mostly just cause I've been, uh, tuning in a lot to late night talk shows and just seeing what's been going on. And I like, I think Jimmy Kimmel's show is okay. It's the closest thing to David Letterman currently on the air. Uh, and that's why I think I like Kimmel is he definitely tries to do some David Letterman style weirdness. And I appreciate that. Um, it's not just apologies to Matt Damon. Uh, so I've been trying to tune in the late night show. So I've been, uh, I watched the, I, I watched the late shift movie again. I read the book and then the, the war on late night, which was like a few years back talking about a Lena. What was it? The Jay Leno show and Conan O'Brien and Jimmy Fallon and that mess up. Basically what I'm learning is boy, Comcast really screws things up sometimes. And so does NBC, but I I'm digressing. Uh, so I've been tuning into a lot of Conan. Uh, so I was watching some late night with Conan O'Brien because, hey, this is the new guy, Conan O'Brien. And then I was tuning into, of course, the Tonight Show with Conan O'Brien. I was uh, one of the, I went to the Friday taping of the first week of Conan O'Brien when they first started. I, I, my mom took me there and went, we were going together. And then we went a second time, I think, when it was the Christmas show. And Sarah Palin was there, and that was one of the better times. And then, and this is the most annoying part, right? The third time, I was, I, I was going to go on my birthday. And they canceled my reservation because that's when The Tonight Show with Jay Leno was starting. My birthday. So I was fucking pissed off. But Conan didn't start on TBS and I went to their first tape date. And I had a great day with Conan. Uh, so I was looking at some old Conan bits because Conan doesn't have a late night talk show anymore. And I was kind of wondering, like, what the fuck happened to Conan? This has been my, my new question of... I guess it's my new observational question is 
what's Conan been up to? Because, I mean, yes, he does the Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend podcast, and there was that big old joke of Conan O'Brien invented podcasting, which is not true. Apparently, he sold his Team Coco podcast network, which is a thing, for $150 million to Sirius XM. So it's like Howard Stern, um, which is interesting because I guess podcasting is a lucrative environment. I think I'm making nothing off this one except for maybe like Patreon subscriptions. But uh, yeah, I, w- I thought the rumor was Conan had the Conan Without Borders show in the works at HBO Max and then his own talk show on HBO Max. But I don't know if it's Zazlav or or Karlav or what's his name? Zaz, Zizaz, Professor Is that the guy with the, the the little like calendar man like scars in his face? Zaz, Zizix, uh, that guy is in charge, and maybe they stopped making that show and they said no thank you to Conan. But that's what I've been wondering was like, what happened to Conan? I thought that was the deal was he stops doing the TBS show and he moves on to HBO Max. And I don't know what happened to that show. Did they get one season wonder? No. Did Conan just like go, I'm going to do podcasting now. <laughs> I can't be on TV anymore. None of the studios can fit my giant tallness. I keep bumping into the front of the door frame. Pow. <laughs> I don't know why that's my Conan. (laughs) That's it, folks. That's my Conan O'Brien. We heard it here first, folks. The debut of the Conan O'Brien. Hey, how's it going? I'm a doorframe. That's that's the Conan voice. Um, So that's been a thing. Um, No, so so then I was... So after Conan... Because I was in that Conan bit, I was, because uh, once again, Jordan for Jimmy Kimmel, uh, I wanted to see more or early Jimmy Kimmel, like early, early Jimmy Kimmel, not when he has the beard and he has the cooler set now, but we're talking like the weird three platinum screen rotating guest host. I wanted to find the first episode where they had the open bar and, a, and an audience member vomited. I wanted that Jimmy Kimmel and I couldn't find it and I'm pissed off. But also, I'm kind of glad that they made some, maybe some changes to Jimmy Kimmel Live. <laughs> um, it seems like everything is real. Like when you search Jimmy Kimmel Live, it's the I'm fucking Matt Damon thing, and it's all the YouTube viral clips, and it's the the Guillermo uh, skits that they did recently, or the interviews he did in New York, which I'm guessing is good because I guess it gets the name out there. Um, which brings me to the question: Like, is late night TV still going to be a thing in like? four years, five years, or is everything going to be on YouTube? Which leads me thinking to something. When's Jimmy Kimmel Live going to go on like Hulu exclusive or on Disney Plus exclusive? Because that's what I'm assuming will be the next thing is just these special like podcast video things that are daily that are like a Tonight Show, but or a late night show. And it's just like, there's your monologues and your interviews. Um, but they're all like packed up, not live, meant to be consumed whenever in the next 24 hours, kind of like your news shows. That's what I'm assuming, right? Um, cause that's the only difference is news shows and, in late night talk shows are kind of congruent. You can kind of, if your monologue isn't, isn't topical, I guess it's saves or if not, whatever. Why am I rambling about monologues on a late night talk show when I have a podcast where I'm supposed to be talking about video games and movies and TV shows? Now I think about it. Uh, so that's that's been my thoughts about this. Um, so the uh, other thing in game show land is uh, Jeopardy. I've been watching a bit of Jeopardy. Uh, both the uh, Celebrity Jeopardy tournament with the Triple Jeopardy and the, uh, the the new uh, Second Chance Tournament, which I actually kind of liked. I kind of liked those, that little week of shows. Um, which got me wondering about those gimmick things. Like, when's the pop culture Jeopardy specials coming along? Who's going to host that? 
Can I re can I throw in my ring to host that? Even though I have no uh, knowledge about, like, I'm not in the mainstay of popular culture knowledge because I don't host Entertainment Tonight or or Extra or Access Hollywood or TMZ Page Six. Um, it it it's one of those funny occasions, I guess. Um, the only other thing that has been on my mind is um, I have been getting I, I blacked out because of sleep deprivation taking care of my mom uh, recently. Um, sleep sleep is good, it turns out. Um, and it it got me thinking about one more uh thing, and that is because uh, this is my mom. And I know my mom doesn't like me talking about her health, so it's not about her health. She just she just needs recovery. That's all. Uh, we definitely do need help, though. Um, but I don't know how to do it. Um, that that's one of my that's one of the big IRL problems. She just watches cable. She only knows cable. She only knows TV proper. Up like go to Channel Seven for ABC, etc. Um, and I have basically moved on. I am not really a cable follower. I, it's Hulu, it's Netflix, it's HBO Max, Disney Plus, you name it. Uh, I, I know every content overlaps and there's all sorts of different places, but I, I for me, it's just easier to just watch the thing I want to watch on the streaming and I'm good to go. And like, oh, I can watch Taskmaster whenever I want. I don't have to park myself up and then wait till 8 a.m. or 8 p.m. to to watch. I like that. I like the time shifting nature, and I think that's a big problem late night talk shows in general. But <clears throat> what what I have been noticing is that it when I watch my mom watching cable, it's mostly movies. Or it's like eight-hour marathons of one show. My mom is watching *Ease Sex in the City most of the day. Uh, and, and she was never really a fan of Sex and the City when it first aired. Um, but I'm guessing it's because it's the only thing on. And she is on that stage where it's like, I'm old, I don't give a shit kind of stage, which I kind of like. I think people do would love my mom. Um, but... It's a sad state because it's like it's it's binge watching movies and TV shows, and that's what we're kind of already doing on streaming. Is there's all the movies you can watch Notting Hill whenever you want. You could watch The Devil Wears Prada whenever you want. You could watch Spaceballs probably, um, and any TV show. So, as the TV, is, is there really a need for cable? in the next five years. What is the purpose of cable other than, and this is what I'm really thinking, they're just there to sucker my mom out of like a hundred bucks or 200 bucks. Cause she isn't only watching three channels cause there's nothing else on. To me, that's what I'm assuming is the case. She watches the sports because sports is always live and live is always on a cable. Uh, and she's watching the news. She she watches the Morning Joe, and then she watches maybe CNN. Not really Fox anymore, which is kind of surprising, but also probably changing her character in general. Um, <clears throat> a lot of MSNBC. She still doesn't know <laughs> Rachel Maddow is not really working that much anymore. Um, uh, but it, it's basically the case of uh, what good is cable? in in like now like today that, that's been the real talking point is as everyone because i'm now of the netflix hulu generation now i'm like of the modern age of tv viewer all the emmy winners and oscar winners are on a streaming service i could watch them on my phone if i wanted to not that i would want to watch say the Irishman on the phone. Sorry, Scorsese. Um, but I could if I wanted to, because, oh, I'm sneaky. Um, but it's it, it's one of those. It's like, I, it, is the purpose of cable now to sucker my mom? 
because she she literally can't. I have uh, that's she doesn't have a smartphone. She doesn't like smart TVs. She doesn't like having to hit menu, arrow, arrow, down, down, Netflix, okay, go to mom, okay, go to crown, okay, to watch the crown. And she's scared of going to say, hey, Alexa, air the crown. She doesn't want to do that either. So it, it, it becomes this sort of like confusing thing where she she wants to watch the new things but doesn't want to watch the new thing and Netflix isn't doing a cable channel at least not that I think of that it's it's kind of one of those big question marks is as as a son who loves your mom and you you know you can try and educate her on how to use a phone and use the phone and use a remote but she doesn't want to and you're not going to say well tough luck it, it 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 becomes sad, right? Like all she can do is now watch like the same what, 60 channels, 100 channels and it's all like repeats or movies. And because it's Halloween season, it's horror movies and she hates horror. You're going to sleep. The one thing you don't want to fall asleep to is a fucking slasher movie. You don't want to go to sleep listening to true crime. You're going to have fucking nightmares. So it, it makes, no, it doesn't make sense, but it's also makes sense. I mean, for this, I mean, for programming reason, it makes sense. But it, it's, it's one of those cases of, is my mom getting fleeced by the cable companies? That's what I'm, I'm kind of confused by. Because all the shows I watch are on Hulu, or they're on HBO Max, or they're on Netflix, uh, some are good, some are okay. Um, and then if it's something like, say, a late night talk show like The Daily Show or Colbert or James Corden or Kimmel or actually, no, I think about it, I can watch every late night talk show today because I have Peacock, I have Paramount Plus, and Kimmel is on Hulu. So I, I'm good. So. It got me, and, and I guess John Oliver's on HBO Max, so we're, we're all, and The Daily Show is on Paramount+. Plus. So, so yeah, there, what's the need? All, all of those combined is like $80, and that's still cheaper than, what is it, like the 200-something dollars that uh, Xfinity Stream Cable Direct offers? I mean, the only thing you're really paying for in this day and age is the sports. And we're currently in World Series season, well, playoff season, leading to the World Series. And baseball is a very interesting sport. But personally speaking, I really only care about baseballs from Hostess. I want my baseballs from Hostess, Hostess. Please bring them back to me. I haven't seen them in four years. They're my favorite snack cake, and you haven't given them to me. Please, please give me those baseballs. Um, so yeah, that, that's that's been what's been on my mind. It's just it's just kind of weird. I don't know if that makes sense. I, I I'm kind of just stuttering, I guess. Or um, it, it, it's it, there's a lot of things like that, and that's what's been making me sad. It's everything from content creation to game content to television stuff and all i can do is just speak on this microphone and just say like it's just been on my mind and i don't know if i'm alone in this but because this is a podcast i have to promote this and i don't know if anyone listens to this to understand it that maybe i'm alone in this situation but i don't know if there's a need i don't know what is the what do I do in this situation? I, I kind of sit, this week has been a real weird week. Like it's one of those weeks where it's like all this bad shit happened. I don't have all the answers. Best I could do is just crawl into a ball and cry. But hey, I got to eat a box of imported British candy and drink Jamba juices. So that's not really all too bad, I guess. I have little snacks and little tasty treats while tuning into 
funny British comedy shows and game shows and reality shows. You should, seriously, check out The Traders. I don't know if it's on YouTube yet or someone has bootlegged it yet, but please, The Traders is actually a really funny show. I actually kind of like it way more, and I'm kind of like glad Fox doesn't have it because I think they would fuck it up. Anyway, that's going to be it uh, for this uh, this rambly part of the show. Um, my voice is just dying right now. <laughs> I don't know why. I hope I'm not getting sick. And I uh, hope you guys have a great week. I will uh, try and play some Jackbox later this week or um, probably make more game content. Who knows? Uh, we'll, we'll see you soon. So thanks for tuning in. This week has been an absolute challenge to get any content or written anything out. But this week had the release of two big games, Gotham Knights and the yearly Jordan game extraordinaire, the Jackbox Party Pack. Now in its ninth edition, Jackbox Party Pack continues to offer five games of various clever wit and improvisational comedy skills. If you want to know what I think about the earlier eight party packs, please check out the archive over at patreon.com slash Haas. The five games in this pack are Fibbage 4, Rumerang, Nonsensory, Junktopia, and Quicksort. Fibbage 4 is the fourth version of my all-time favorite Jackbox title, Fibbage. A weird fact is given with a blank missing, and it's up to the players to come up with a silly enough answer to that blank. This time around, there are a few video clues where Jackbox audience members come up with funny statements about themselves for the contestants to figure out. And another is the final fibbage. This time around, one blank is required, but it's with two separate statements at the same time, requiring a good lie that could be broad enough to get double the damage. And yes, they have also kept the fibbage enough about you but included newer questions that are perfect icebreakers, making this a really good Jackbox game, a really easy five out of five. <clears throat> Rumorang is a parody of reality television. Each player gets to be in the role of a reality show contestant, complete with a hobby and interest in look. There is a question that comes up and contestants should be in that role and write an answer that's relatable like a cat lady or a crypto bro. Whoever gives the best answer gets points and safety. And then there is a vote off where one player is eliminated, but surprisingly, a new player enters the game with a new hat and name. So the contestant gets a second chance to play along with a new occupation. It honestly is really funny, but you'll need to be around the right people. I kind of wish players were able to name the players after getting their role, because it's weird being Jordan, the guy who likes Sonic the Hedgehog, and not something silly like Miles Tails Prowler. Overall, it's very fun, and I also give it a 4 out of 5. Nonsensory is a drawing game and an opinionation game that has a CGI monkey named Professor Nanas. Essentially, the goal of the game is similar to Wavelength and Gaspionage, where a player secretly gets a score and prompt, the name of a restaurant that would be getting 3 out of 5 stars, and then attempt to write a funny name, or drawing a 20-year-old. Sometimes the drawings become weird, like trying to get 60% shoe over ghost, which makes no sense. But, on a comical standpoint, it's worthwhile. At certain times in this game, contestants can be sure to press a confidence button and risk their score for double points. It is also a really fun game that I am very happy about, and I also give it a 4 out of 5. Junktopia is the improv game of this collection, which does require speaking in front of the class. You go to a shop and spend money on one of three items. These are all bizarre photos that make no sense. You pick one of them and pay up front, or you can haggle. And then, like in Patently Stupid, you must write the name and two facts about the item. 
then in the very rare front, everybody votes for everything on the phone, but the results don't matter on screen as items are displayed like a Renaissance Fair Antiques Roadshow. Then we do it again, but one of the items that's worth the lowest is a mystery item. Ooh. <clears throat> and then finally, one final attempt with both items that you bought in a collection, and you get to name it. I found this to be a secret winner of the collection, but like always, it depends on your group. If you aren't improv stars, it's probably an awkward sit-through as people try to make a joke out of a jack-in-the-box with a skull inside. So it's also a 4 out of 5. Quicksort is a team-based trivia game in which two teams have to work together to put items in order, rather from earliest to most recent, to smallest to largest, or from beginning to end. As one moves in the arm, the others must communicate left or right. In round two, decoy answers are thrown in a trash, and in the third and final round, there's a second chance to get a streak. As correct answers the first time around are given, and it's up to the team to put it correctly the second time around. It's one of the more clever games out there, and sometimes the panic does strike, that it's very fun and nerve-wracking, and one that doesn't really require improv skills to succeed at. My favorite mechanic is the category in question being given, or a mystery instead, leaving it to chance, you could be doing challenge videos from earliest to most recent, or take the mystery option, which will find yourselves trying to recite the speech from Taken from memory. This is also a 4 out of 5. I know, 4 of the 5 games got the 4 out of 5, and 1 the perfect 5 out of 5. It's honestly one of the better packs out there, because there is not really a stinker of a game in this pack. But, like previous party packs, I do have to rank them. So, this was one of the toughest parts about it. This is my personal ranking of the party pack 9. Fibbage 4 is first, then Quicksort, then Rumerang, then Junktopia, and then finally, Nonsensory. I do suggest people buy it, and if you don't want to buy it now, don't worry. It's a Jackbox title. It'll definitely be on sale at least 3,000 times by the time you listen to this episode. So uh, that's, that's about it. <laughs> So that's going to do it for the free version of the podcast. Sorry about that. Um, but if you head on over to patreon.com slash Jordan Haas or jordanhaas.com, you can see a link to the Patreon page. For five bucks, you get the extended cut of this episode and every episode of this podcast. This week, we have a couple more articles, including uh, the final recap of The Mole, Taskmaster, and a review of Gotham Knights. Whoa! All this, plus the paywalled news segment. That's what you usually pay for is a news segment. Anyway, I uh, hope you enjoy it. If not, see you next week. Uh, and we'll hope you enjoy blah, 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 blah. Good night, blah, 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 blah.